Um, I just hit record. Okay, and I am going to turn my air conditioner off. <laughs> Goodbye, air. Um, the sound, the the recording, it's showing that it's red. Is that normal? Yep. I mean, that just means it's like recording. The, the red bar is like growing. Yeah. Yeah, that's just that just means it's recording. Okay. All right. So we've got um, 1,346 books to choose from. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, that's a lot of podcast episodes indeed it is let's see i'm just going to um scroll up and down here blindly not looking now now wait a minute so you're looking at the big list then yeah well i clicked on the one that you told me should be the smaller one but there well i was wrong (laughs) (laughs) click on the other one (laughs) do you want me to click on the other one yeah click on the other one it'll be less of a stab in the dark right okay i mean well, hey, you know what? If it's bad, then that's kind of putting it on me because I chose these ones. Right. That's fine. I'm sure it'll be good. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I've 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 picked some bad ones. <laughs> oh, okay. A lot of HG Wells in here. Nice, nice. One of my faves. Let's see here. Ooh, something jumped out at me, but I saw you already have it uh, checkmarked. It was. I'm Mr. curious which one. Which one was it? Mister Spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm not joking. That was kind of one of the bad ones. Oh really? Whoops. <laughs> well, it was okay. It was okay. See, that's the thing. You can't always tell a book by its cover. That's the thing. Touche. Or its uh, title, I should say. In this case, um, let's see. Let's do. Let's do the new accelerator. Ooh, the new accelerator by who? By H.G. Wells. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. It's me the first H.G. Wells on science fiction shorts, but I'm sure not the last. Indeed. Hmm, I wonder what they knew about accelerators in, uh, what was it, like turn of the century time, I think? For H.G. Wells, yeah. Yeah. All right, are you going to send me the link? Um, yes, I am. Link me. All right. So. That was the linking sound, everyone. It was. <laughs> You're not wrong. Although I still have yet to receive a link. It was the copy. Oh, everyone. Mike is switching uh, from his normal PC to his Mac today to record this. So <laughs> he probably hit control C. <laughs> I did commands. I'm going to have to cut this out because I still haven't received a link. What are you talking about? I just sent it. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. 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 Okay. I was actually expecting it in discord. Oh, do you want it there? I can send it there. Nope. I already clicked on it. Done. Already clicked done. on it. One and done. Uh, Michael, what you been up to? Um, not a whole lot lately. Just, um, just doing my thing, doing some online dating, which is always interesting online dating yeah. what uh what app um it, they're actually people i met in video games so oh i knew it that was gonna be my next question <laughs> uh you guys uh, our listeners should know that after we recorded uh the previous episode mm-hmm. uh mike took me on a magic carpet ride um <laughs> that you were none too fond of <laughs> in this <laughs> app called virtual chat yeah, is that VR what it is chat. That's what it's called. VR chat. Mm-hmm. There you go. And uh, we went to the penthouse of a skyscraper in 
Hong Kong right. and met a bunch of weirdos. <laughs> exactly right. That's very accurate. While while Mike was um while I watched Mike talk with uh way more hand movements than he naturally does in real life. <laughs> you gotta be expressive when you're using VR controllers. You gotta be expressive. Uh you said that many times. Mm-hmm. Ex- expressive. Expressive. Yeah. Uh well that is very interesting, Mike. Um I will ask you one question about these online dates. Were you sure that they were females? Um, <laughs> express that express that in a percentage of confidence. Um, so people I've actually been like talking to long term. Um, <laughs> yes, both of them. 95? Both of them, I'm certain. Nine, 95. No. Okay, all right, fine. We'll go with 95. <laughs> I'm 95% sure. <laughs> It's the age we live in, okay? You know what? It is. And and actually, I, you know, I I can't say anything against it. I mean, uh, I've been out of the dating game for uh, 14 years now, I think it is. So, um, you know, a lot's changed. All right. Well, guess what? You know what? Science fiction shorts is not about online dating, unfortunately. It's not. <laughs> Although the last... Uh, story I read did get a little romantic, unfortunately. Hopefully the new accelerator does not veer that way, but we shall see. This one does sound um, more scientific, doesn't it? It does. Hopefully it's got some some tech elements that we can kind of gawk at. There you go. Some turn of the century... Almost like, uh, almost like steampunk. Although I think turn of the century is maybe a little bit past steampunk, don't you think? Yeah, probably. Okay. Well, what do you say we get started? I say that sounds great. <clears throat> so, um, do we have, so, you know what? Let's not, I was going to say, do we know when this was written, but let's not worry about it. It was probably around 1899 probably. or thereabouts. Yeah, probably. Um, and it's by H.G. Wells, a uh, well-known author. So, um, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Take it away, Mike. Sounds good. The New Accelerator. Certainly, if ever a man found a guinea when he was looking for a pin, it is my good friend, Professor Giberney. I have heard before of investigators overshooting the mark, but never quite to the extent that he has done. He is really, this time at any rate, without any touch of exaggeration in the phrase, found something of revolutionize human life. (laughs) <laughs> that I think that is I think that is a uh, British spelling British old English spelling oh not old English revolutionize, revolutionize isn't it <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> yeah but it is spelt really weird <laughs> whoops um should I go back and read that or what do you think it's up to you if you want to reread it go for I'll, it uh, but I'll just maybe keep we going it's like, fine okay all right and that w- so he's revolutionizing sorry so <laughs> so we're gonna revolutionize human life right is uh Let's see what that means. Found something to revolutionize human life. And that when he was simply seeking an all around nervous stimulant to bring languid people up to the stresses of these pushful days, I have tasted the stuff now several times and I cannot do better than describe the effect the thing had on me that there are astonishing experiences in store for all in search of new sensations will become apparent enough. Hmm. Hmm. Professor Giberney 
as many people know, is my neighbor in Folkestone. Unless my memory plays me a trick, this portrait at various ages has already appeared in the Strand magazine. I think late in 1899, but I am unable to look it up because I have lent that volume to someone who has never sent it back. The reader may perhaps recall the high forehead and the singularly long black eyebrows that give such a Mephistophelian touch to his face. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) We'll have to look that one up. Probably, I would for sure. Um, He occupies one of those pleasant little detached houses in the mixed style that make the western end of the upper Sandgate Road so interesting. His is the one with the Flemish gables and the Moorish portico, and it is in the little room with the mullioned bay window that he works when he is down there and in which of an evening we have so often smoked and talked together. He is a mighty jester, but besides, he likes to talk to me about his work. He's one of those men who find a help and stimulus in talking, and so I have been able to follow the conception of the new accelerator right up from a very early stage. Of course, the greater portion of this experimental work is not done in Folkestone, but in Gower Street, in the fine new laboratory next to the hospital that he has been the first to use. All right, all right. So so what we got so far is this gentleman mm-hmm. uh, lives next to this guy, right? right. Kind of describes his house. I don't know what a Moorish portico mm-hmm. is or Flemish Gables, but uh, (laughs) um, he is a scientist and he's created this new accelerator, but it doesn't sound like the type of accelerator that we know as an accelerator. Right. He said uh, the taste of it. So I'm not sure if it's like a a serum or something. Yeah. Almost like a drug. Yeah. Hmm. Mm, Indeed. We'll have to see. Okay. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to take over uh reading duties now. Got it. So, here we go. As everyone knows, or at least as all intelligent people know, the special department in which Gibburn has gained so great and deserved a reputation among physiologists is the action of drugs upon the nervous system. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Upon soporifics, sedatives, and anesthetics, he is, I am told, unequaled. He is also a chemist of considerable eminence, and I suppose in the subtle and complex jungle of riddles and centers about the ganglion cell and the axis fiber, there are little cleared spaces of his making. Little glades of illumination that, until he sees fit to publish his results— are still inaccessible to every other living man. And in the last few years, he has been particularly assiduous upon this question of nervous stimulants. And already, before the discovery of the new accelerator, very successful with them. Medical science has to thank him for at least three distinct and absolutely safe invigorators of unrivaled value to practicing men. (laughs) 
in case of exhaustion, the preparation known as gibberns or gibberines, how are we, how are we pronouncing his last name? Gibberine? Sure. Okay. Gibberine. Preparation known as gibberines bee syrup has, I suppose, saved more lives than any lifeboat around the coast. Oh, that's high praise. But, yeah. <laughs> okay, so it is like a drug, apparently. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll see what this accelerates. Are, are we creating, like, the Flash Gordon or something? Maybe. Or, like, Inception. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Inception powers or something. Okay, I don't know. okay, we'll see, we'll see. But none of these little things begin to satisfy me yet, he told me nearly a year ago. Either they increase the central energy without affecting the nerves, or they simply increase the available energy by lowering the nervous conductivity. And all of them are unequaled and local in their operation. One wakes up the heart and viscera and leaves the brain stupefied. One gets at the brain champagne fashion and does nothing good for the solar plexus. And what I want, and what, if it's an earthly possibility, I mean to have is a stimulant that stimulates all around, that wakes you up for a time from the crown of your head to the tip of your great toe and makes you go two or even three to everybody else's one, eh? That's the thing I'm after. It would tire a man, said I. You know what, Mike? Hmm. We should uh, we should trade off. <laughs> Do you think we could? Well, yeah, I'm realizing, and we don't have to like do voices. I'm realizing like, I think this might be just a story of two people. Okay. You're probably right. Let's do it. I'll be uh, Giberny, and you're going to be, the I don't narrator? know if he has a name. The narrator's voice? Yes. So you, so <laughs> how about you start right now with It Would Tire It a Would man, Tire a Man. Uh, said I. I said. Okay. Well, do it, do it, do it. Okay. <laughs> it would tire a man i said not a doubt of it and you'd eat double or treble and all that but just think of what the thing would mean imagine yourself with a little file like this he held up a little bottle of green glass and marked his points with it and in this precious file is the power to think twice as fast move twice as quickly do twice as much work in a given time as you could do otherwise but is such a thing possible? I believe so. If it isn't, I've wasted my time for a year. These various preparations of the hypophosphites, for example, seem to show that something of the sort, even if it was only one and a half times as fast as it would do. It would do, I said. If you were a statesman in a corner, for example, time rushing up against you, something urgent to be done, eh? He could doze his private secretary, I said. And again, double time. And think if you, for example, wanted to finish a book. Usually, I said, I wish I'd never begun them. <laughs> or a doctor driven to death wants to sit down and think about a case. Or a barrister or a man cramming for an examination. Worth a guinea a drop, said I. And more to men like that. And in a duel again, said Giberny, where it all depends on your quickness in pulling the trigger. Or in fencing, I echoed. You see, said Giberny, if I get it as an all-around thing, it will really do you no harm at all. 
except perhaps to an infinitesimal degree, it brings you nearer old age. You will just have lived twice to other people's once. I suppose, I meditated, in a duel, it would be fair? That's a question for the seconds, said Giberny. I harked back further. And you really think such a thing is possible, I said? As possible, said Giberny, and glanced at something that went throbbing by the window. As a motor bus, as a matter of fact... He paused and smiled at me deeply and tapped slowly on the edge of his desk with the green file. I think I know the stuff. Already I've got something coming. The nervous smile upon his face betrayed the gravity of his revelation. He rarely talked of his actual experimental work unless things were very near the end. And it may be, it may be, I shouldn't be surprised. It may even do the thing at a greater rate than twice. It will be rather a big thing, I hazarded. It will be, I think, rather a big thing. But I don't think he quite knew what a big thing it would be, for all that. I remember we had several talks about the stuff after that. The new accelerator, he called it, and his tone about it grew more confident on each occasion. Sometimes he talked nervously of unexpected physiological results its use might have, and then he would get a little unhappy. At others, he was, frankly, mercenary. And we debated long and anxiously how the preparation might be turned to commercial account. It's a good thing, said Giberny, a tremendous thing. I know I'm giving the world something, and I think it only reasonable we should expect the world to pay. The dignity of science is all very well, but I think somehow I must have the monopoly of the stuff for, say, ten years. I don't see why all the fun in life should go to the dealers in ham. My own interest in the coming drugs certainly did not wane in the time. I have always had a queer little twist towards metaphysics in my mind. I have always been given to paradoxes about space and time. And it seemed to me that Giberny was really preparing no less than the absolute acceleration of life. Suppose a man repeatedly dosed with such a preparation. He would live an active and record life indeed. But he would be an adult at 11, middle-aged at 25, and by 30 well on the road to senile decay. It seemed to me that so far Giberny was only going to do for anyone who took his drug exactly what nature has done for the Jews and Orientals, who are men in their teens and aged by 50 and quicker in thought <laughs> and act than we were, than we are all the time. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, well, well. H.G. I Wells. have never heard that. <laughs> Well, well, well. <laughs> Let's see what we got here. <laughs> okay, continue. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <clears throat> um, the marvel of drugs has always um, been great to my mind. You can madden a man, calm a man, make him incredibly strong and alert, or a helpless log, quicken his passion, and ally that all by means of drugs. And here was a new miracle to be added to this strange armory of files the doctors use. But Giberny was far too eager upon his technical points to enter very keenly into my aspect of the question. 
It was the 7th or 8th of August when he told me the distillation that would decide his failure or success for a time was going forward as we talked. And it was on the 10th that he told me the thing was done and the new accelerator, a tangible reality in the world. I met him as I was going up the Sandgate Hill towards Folkestone. I think I was going to get my hair cut and he came hurrying down to meet me. I suppose he was coming to my house to tell me at once of his success. I remember his eyes were unusually bright and his face flushed and I noted even the swift alacrity of his step. Uh, just how swift was his step? <laughs> how much of this uh, accelerator? He's on PCP. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's essentially what this story is about. <laughs> the discovery of PCP. Uh, this is, yeah, okay. Uh, I think this is me. Mm. It's done, he cried and gripped my hand, speaking very fast. <laughs> It's more than done. Come up to my house and see. Really? Really, he shouted. Incredibly, come up to see. (laughs) (laughs) And it does twice? It does more, much more. It scares me. Come up to this. (laughs) Come up and see this stuff. Taste it. Try it. It's the most amazing stuff on earth. He gripped my arm, walking at such a pace that he forced me into a trot, went shouting with me up the hill. A whole charablancful of people turned and stared at us in unison after the manner of people in Charza Blanc. <laughs> what is a Charza Blanc? It was one of those hot, clear days that Folkestone sees so much of. Every color incredibly bright and every outline hard. There was a breeze, of course, but not so much breeze as stuffed under these conditions to keep me cool and dry. I panted for mercy. I'm not walking fast, am I? cried Gibberney and slackened his pace to a quick march. You've been taking some of this stuff, I puffed. No, he said. Uh, At the utmost, a drop of water that stood in a beaker from which I had washed out the last traces of the stuff. I took some last night, you know, but that is ancient history now. And it goes twice, I said, nearing his doorway in a grateful perspiration. It goes a thousand times, many thousand times, cried Giberny, with a dramatic gesture, flinging his early English carved oak gate. Phew, I said, and followed him to the door. I don't know how many times it goes, he said, with his latchkey in hand. And you... It throws all sorts of light on nervous physiology. It, it kicks the theory of vision into a perfectly new shape. Heaven knows how many thousands times... We'll try all that after. The thing is to try the stuff now. Try the stuff, I said as we went along the passage. Rather, said Giberny, turning on me in his study. There it is in that little green file there. Unless you happen to be afraid. I am a careful man by nature and only theoretically adventurous. I was afraid. But on the other hand, there is pride. Well, I haggled. You say you've tried it? I've tried it, he said, and I don't look hurt by it, do I? I don't even look livery, and I feel... I sat down. Give me the potion, I said. If the worst comes to worst, I will save having my hair cut, and that I think is one of the most hateful duties of a civilized man. How do you take the mixture? (laughs) 
Okay. So this no, this dude's adventurous, man. Yeah. He's like, sure, give me that stuff. <laughs> worst that ha- worst thing that happens is I miss a haircut. <laughs> um wait, is he saying that he hates getting his haircut? Yeah, he's like one of the one of the worst most hateful duties of a civilized man is what he says. Dude, I gotta say, I'm the same way, man. I hate getting my hair cut. Mm. I put it off. My hair gets like really long and then I just can't take it anymore. So then that's fair. Um, that's fair. Yeah. I never, I never get a haircut when I should get a haircut. I always wait too long. So I agree with you. Have you, have you actually gone out to get a haircut since uh, this COVID-19 thing happened? No. So is I've, your hair pretty long right now? No, I butchered it with my, um, with some trimmers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, okay. I have a I have had a haircut, but it was by me and it looked bad. So I wear hats. Oh, I wear hats man. often. <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Uh, Danielle does my hair. So oh well, there you but, go. But but th- you'd think that I just like get it done all the time. But um, right. no, I still like put it off forever. And uh, but That's at fair. least because because I get it done at home, at least I can play video games like while it's happening. So that makes it a little bit more bearable. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty nice i've never had a haircut that's not that nice but <laughs> <laughs> okay so okay you asked how do you take the mixture and Correct. i'm high on crack right now so <laughs> let's see what i say with water said gimmerney whacking down a carafe he stood up in front of his desk and regarded me in his easy chair his manner was suddenly affected by a touch of the harley street specialist it's rum stuff, you know, he said. I made a gesture with my hand. I must warn you in the first place, as soon as you've got it down to shut your eyes and open them very cautiously in a minute or so's time. One still sees. The sense of vision is a question of length of vibration and not of multitude of impacts. But there's a kind of shock to the retina, a nasty, giddy confusion just at the time if the eyes are open. Keep them shut. Shut, I said. Good. And the next thing is, keep still. Don't begin to whack about. You may (laughs) fetch something a nasty rap if you do. Remember, you will be going several thousand times faster than you ever did before. Heart, lungs, muscles, brain, everything. And you will hit hard without knowing it. You won't know it, you know. You'll just feel as you do now, only everything in the world will seem to be going ever so many thousand times slower than ever went before. That's what makes it so deuced queer. (laughs) (laughs) Lore, I said. And you mean... You'll see, he said, and took up a little measure. He glanced at the material on his desk. Glasses, he said. Water. All here. Mustn't take too much for the first attempt. The little file glucked out its precious contents. Don't forget what I told you, he said, turning the contents of the measure into a glass in the manner of an Italian waiter measuring whiskey. Sit with the eyes tightly shut in absolute stillness for two minutes, he said. Then you will hear me speak. He added an inch or so of water to the little dose in each glass. By the by, he said. Don't put your glass down. Keep it in your hand and rest your hand on your knee. Yes, so. And now. He raised his glass. The new accelerator, I said. The new accelerator, he answered. 
and we touched glasses and drank. <laughs> and instantly, I closed my eyes. <laughs> Dude, these guys are doing PCP together. <laughs> this is like the <laughs> earliest drug trip story, dude. Um, like, Let's get baked, clink. I know. <laughs> it's funny. I didn't realize they they were both going to do it. Oh, I didn't either. I kind of thought... Um, I thought he was going to guide his friend through his uh, peyote <laughs> <Right>. trip, <laughs> you right. know, but like a uh, good no. friend, like a good. Yeah, neighbor. I know <laughs> he's not being a good friend. You're right. <laughs> Who's going to drive home? Dang. Uh, neighbor, right? At least they're next door. Oh, OK. There you go. He can walk home. He can always just barrel through the wall into his, <laughs> <laughs> into his own house. Oh, his up. Like Kool-Aid man. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> all right here we go you know that blank non-existence into which one drops when one has taken gas for an indefinite interval it was like that then i heard gibberney telling me to wake up and i stirred and opened my eyes there he stood as he had been standing glass still in hand it was empty that was all the difference well said i Nothing out of the way? Nothing. A slight feeling of exhilaration, perhaps. Nothing more. Sounds? Things are still, I said. By Jove, yes, they are still. Except the sort of faint pat, pitter, like rain falling on different things. What is it? Analyzed sounds, I think he said but I am not sure. He glanced at the window. Have you ever seen a curtain before a window fixed in that way before? I followed his eyes, and there was the end of the curtain, frozen, as it were, corner high, in the act of flapping briskly in the breeze. No, said I. That's odd. And here, he said, and opened the hand that held the glass. Naturally, I winced, expecting the glass to smash, but so far from smashing, it did not even seem to stir. It hung in midair, <sighs> motionless. Sorry, go on. <laughs> well, okay, so basically, time is passing normally for them, but for everyone else, they're moving a thousand, you know, yeah, a thousand times. Yeah, they're the faster. flash. They're the flash now. Exactly. Dude, okay. Um, ma, ma, where are we? It followed his eyes. Is that where we are? No, no, no. Uh, it hung in midair and you motionless. Motionless. Okay. Roughly speaking, said Gibberney, an object in these latitudes falls 16 feet in the first second. This glass is falling 16 feet in a second now. Only you see, it hasn't been falling yet for the hundredth part of a second. That gives you some idea of the pace of my accelerator. And he waved his hand round and round over and under the slowly sinking glass. Finally, he took it by the bottom, pulled it down, and placed it very carefully on the table. Eh? He said to me and laughed. <laughs> that seems all right, I said, and began very gingerly to raise myself from the chair. I felt perfectly well. Very light and comfortable, and quite confident in my mind. I was going fast all over. My heart, for example, was beating a thousand times a second. 
but that caused me no discomfort at all. I looked out the window, an immovable cyclist, head down and with a frozen puff of dust behind his driving wheel, scorched to overtake a galloping char a blanc that did not stir. I gaped in amazement at this incredible spectacle. Giberny, I cried. How long will this confounded stuff last? Heaven knows, he answered. Last time I took it, I went to bed and slept it off. I tell you, I was frightened. It must have lasted some minutes. I think it seemed like hours. But after a bit, it slows down rather suddenly, I believe. I was proud to observe that I did not feel frightened. I suppose because there were two of us. Why shouldn't we go out? I asked. Why not? They'll see us. Not they. Goodness, no. Why, we shall be going a thousand times faster than the quickest conjuring trick that was ever done. Come along. Which way shall we go? Window or door? And out the window we went. Okay, so, wait a minute. So why, why is his heart beating really fast? Is his heart not caught up in the, in the drug, you know? Wait, 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 hold on. Well, it would, if it wasn't, it would be super slow. Yeah, you're right. So shouldn't it be beating normally to him? It should be. Yeah. You would think given the context of what they're talking about, but, but maybe, okay. But he could, I guess it could be true if he was saying his heart was beating in reality, his heart was beating, um, a thousand times per minute. I think that's what he's saying. But all of his observations though, are from the perspective of him feeling normal and everything else being like slow motion. Yeah. But maybe he's strange to me. It is strange. And that's, that's why that's, I I agree. I brought it up Mm. because it was strange, but like, I think he's saying that from the perspective, yeah, from the perspective of everyone else, it is beating a thousand times like per per second. So fast they can't even see him. So, okay. I'll just Mm. read this. Okay. And out the window we went. Assuredly, of all the strange experiences that I have ever had or imagined or read of other people having or imagining, that little raid I made with Giberny on the Folkestone Lees under the influence of the new accelerator was the strangest and maddest of all. We went out by his gate into the road, and there we made a minute examination of the statuesque passing traffic. The tops of the wheels and some of the legs of the horses of this char a blanc, the end of the whiplash and the lower jaw of the conductor, who was just beginning to yawn, were perceptibly in motion. But all the rest of the lumbering conveyance seemed still, and quite noiseless except for a faint rattling that came from one man's throat. And as parts of this frozen edifice There were a driver, you know, and a conductor, and eleven people. The effect as we walked about the thing began by being madly queer, and ended by being disagreeable. There they were, people like ourselves, and yet not like ourselves, frozen in careless attitudes, caught in mid-gesture. A girl and a man smiled at one another, a leering smile that threatened to last forevermore. A woman in a floppy capoline rested her arm on the rail and stared at Giberny's house with the unwinking stare of eternity. 
A man stroked his mustache like a figure of wax, and another stretched a tiresome stiff hand with extended fingers towards his loosened hat. We stared at them, we laughed at them, we made faces at them, and then a sort of disgust of of them came upon us, and we turned away and walked round in front of the cyclist towards the lays. Goodness, cried Giberny suddenly. Look there. He pointed, and there at the tip of his finger and sliding down the air with wings flapping slowly and at the speed of an exceptionally languid snail was a bee. And so we came out upon the lees. There the thing seemed madder than ever. The band was playing in the upper stand, though all the sound it made for us was a low-pitched wheezy rattle a sort of prolonged last sigh that passed at times into the sound like the, like the slow, muffled ticking of some monstrous clock. Frozen people stood erect, strange, silent, self-conscious-looking dummies hung unstably in mid-stride, promenading upon the grass. I passed close to a little poodle dog suspended in the act of leaping, and watched the slow movement of his legs as he sank to earth. Lord, look here, cried Giberny, and he halted for a moment before a magnificent person in white, faint-striped flannels, white shoes, and a Panama hat, who turned back to wink at two gaily-dressed ladies he had passed. A wink studied with such leisurely deliberation as we could afford is an unattractive thing, it loses any quality of alert gaiety, and one remarks that the winking eye does not completely close, that under its drooping lid appears the lower edge of an eyeball and a little line of white. Heaven give me memory, said I, and I will never wink again. Or smile, said Giberny, with his eye on the lady's answering teeth. It's infernally hot somehow, said I. Let's go slower. Oh, come along, said Gimerny. We picked our way among the bath chairs in the path. Many of the people sitting in the chairs seemed almost natural in their passive poses, but the contorted scarlet of the bandsmen was not a restful thing to see. A purple-faced little gentleman was frozen in the midst of a violent struggle to refold his newspaper against the wind. There were many evidences that all these people in their sluggish way were exposed to a considerable breeze, a breeze that had no existence so far as our sensations went. We came out and walked a little way from the crowd and turned and regarded it. To see all that multitude changed to a picture, smitten rigid, as it were, into the semblance of realistic wax was impossibly wonderful. It was absurd, of course, but it filled me with an irrational and exulant sense of superior advantage. Consider the wonder of it. All that I had said and thought and done since the stuff had begun to work in my veins had happened, so far as those people, so far as the world in general went, in the twinkling of an eye. The new accelerator, I began, but Gibbony interrupted me. There's that infernal old woman, he said. What old woman? Lives next door to me, said Giberny. Has a lapdog that yaps. 
gods. The temptation is strong. There's something very boyish and impulsive about Giberny at times. Before I could expostulate with him, he had dashed forward, snatching the unfortunate animal out of visible existence, and was running violently with it towards the cliff of the Lees. What? <laughs> He's kind of like a murderous What? <laughs> no, Giberny, no! <laughs> Giberny, don't you dare. Oh, it, you can't do this. <laughs> it was most extraordinary. The little brute, you know, didn't bark or wiggle or make the slightest sign of vitality. It kept quite stiffly in an attitude of solemnant repose, and Giberny held it by the neck. It was like running about with the dog of wood. Giberny, I cried, put it down. Then I said something else. If you run like that, Giberny, I cried, you'll set your clothes on fire. Your linen trousers were going brown as it is. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe this is happening, dude. <laughs> dude I kind of hope me. this guy does catch on fire, but that he drops the duck. <laughs> okay. He clapped his hand on his thigh and stood hesitating on the verge. Giberny, I cried, coming up. Put it down. This heat is too much. It's our running so. Two or three miles a second. Friction of the air. What? He said, glancing at the dog. Friction of the air, I shouted. Friction of the air, going too fast. Like meteorites and things. Too hot. And Giberny. Giberny. I'm all over pricking and a sort of perspiration. You can see people stirring slightly. I believe the stuff's working off. Put that dog down. Eh? He said. It's working off, I repeated. We're too hot and the stuff's working off. I'm wet through. He stared at me. Then at the band, the wheezy rattle of whose performance was certainly going faster. Then with a tremendous sweep of the arm, he hurled the dog away from him and it went spinning upward, still inanimate, and hung at last over the grouped parasols of a knot of chattering people. Giberny was gripping my elbow. By Jove, he cried. I believe it is a sort of hot pricking. And, and yes, that man's moving his pocket handkerchief. Perceptibly. We must get out of this sharp. But we could not get out of it sharply enough. Luckily, perhaps, for we might have run, and if we had run, we should, I believe, have burst into flames. Almost certainly we should have burst into flames. You know, we had neither of us thought of that, but before we could even begin to run, the action of the drug had ceased. It was the business of a minute fraction of a second. The effect of the new accelerator passed like the drawing of a curtain, vanished in the movement of a hand. I heard Giberny's voice in infinite alarm. Sit down, he said, and flop. Down upon the turf at the edge of the lees I sat, scorching as I sat. There is a patch of burnt grass there still where I sat down. <laughs> the, the whole stagnation seemed to wake up as I did so. The disarticulated vibration of the band rushed together into a blast of music. The promenaders put their feet down and walked their ways. The papers and flags began flapping. Smiles passed into words. The winker finished his wink and went on his way complacently. And all the seated people moved and spoke. 
So there we go, man. Wow. They they're they're coming out. Came- I am just glad <laughs> I'm just glad that dog by all accounts landed on a parasol, right? That's what I'm right. hoping. <laughs> right. We'll find out. We'll find out though. Yeah. Uh hopefully we do. Okay, here, let me keep reading. Okay. Uh the whole world had come alive again, was going as fast as we were, or rather, we were going no faster than the rest of the world. It was like slowing down as one comes into a railway station. Everything seemed to spin around for a second or two. I had the most transient feeling of nausea, and that was all. And the little dog, which had seemed to hang for a moment when the force of Gibberney's arm was expended, fell with a swift acceleration clean through a lady's parasol. Okay, Nailed well, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you called it, dude. Uh, so I'm thinking maybe he's going to be okay. He's, he'll be all right. Uh, <laughs> that was the saving of us, unless it was for one corpulent old gentleman in a bath chair who certainly did start at the sight of us and afterwards regarded us at intervals with a darkly suspicious eye and finally, I believe, said something to his nurse about us. I doubt if a solitary person remarked our sudden appearance among them. Plop! We must have appeared abruptly. We ceased to smolder almost at once, though the turf beneath me was uncomfortably hot. The attention of everyone, including even the Amusements Association Band, which on this occasion, for the only time in its history, got out of tune, was arrested by the amazing fact and the still more amazing yapping and uproar caused by the fact that a respectable, overfed lapdog sleeping quietly to the east of the bandstand should suddenly fall through the parasol of a lady on the west in a slightly singed condition due to the extreme velocity of its movements through the air. That is like the longest sentence I've ever read in my life. (laughs) (laughs) You nailed it, though. (laughs) In these absurd days, too, when we are all trying to be as psychic and silly and superstitious as possible, People got up and trod on other people. Chairs were overturned. The Lee's policemen ran. How the matter settled itself, I do not know. We were much too anxious to disentangle ourselves from the affair and get out of range of the eye of the old gentleman in the bath chair to make minute inquiries. As soon as we were sufficiently cool and sufficiently recovered from our giddiness and nausea and confusion of mind to do so, we stood up and, skirting the crowd, directed our steps back along the road below the metropole towards Gibberney's house. But amidst the din, I heard very distinctly the gentleman who had been sitting beside the lady of the ruptured sunshade using quite unjustifiable threats and language to one of those chair attendants who have inspector written on their caps. If you didn't throw the dog, he said, who did? The mystery of the singed dog. <laughs> All right, we're uh, we're nearing the end here. Let's uh, let's bring it home. All right. Um, the sudden return of movement and familiar noises, and our natural anxiety about ourselves. Our clothes were still dreadfully hot, and the fronts of the thighs of Gibberney's white trousers were scorched a drabish brown prevented the minute observations I should have liked to make on all these things. Indeed, I really made no observations of any scientific value on the return. The bee, of course, had gone. 
I looked for the cyclist, but he was already out of sight as we came into the upper Sandgate Road, or hidden from us by traffic. The Char Ablanc, however, with its people now all alive and stirring, was clattering along at a spanking pace about almost abreast of the nearer church. We noted, however, that the window sill on which we had stepped in getting out of the house was slightly singed, and that the impressions of our feet on the gravel of the path were unusually deep. So it was, I had my first experience of the new accelerator. Practically, we had been running about and saying and doing all sorts of things in the space of a second or so of time. We had lived half an hour while the band had played perhaps two bars, but the effect it had upon us was that the whole world had stopped for our convenient inspection. Considering all things, and particularly considering our rashness in venturing out of the house, the experience might certainly have been much more disagreeable than it was. It showed, no doubt, that Giberny has still much to learn before his preparation is a manageable convenience. But its practicability, it certainly demonstrated beyond all cavail. All right. Cavail. Me, uh, cavil. You know what? I Cavill. I uh, learned that word recently, <laughs> but I forgot what it means. <laughs> and now I'm going to look it up. Make petty or unnecessary objections. They cavilled at the cost. Cavill. Hmm. I like that. Nice. I like that word. <laughs> uh, okay. Since that adventure, he has been steadily bringing its use under control. And I have several times and without the slightest bad result taken measured doses under his direction. Though I must confess, I have not yet ventured abroad again while under its influence. I may mention, for example, that this story has been written at one sitting and without interruption, except for the nibbling of some chocolate by its means. I began at 6.25, and my watch is now very nearly at the minute past the half hour. Mm. So, five minutes. Okay. The convenience of securing a long, uninterrupted spell of work in the midst of a day full of engagements cannot be exaggerated. Giberny is now working at the quantitative handling of his preparation, with a special reference to its distinctive effects upon different types of constitution. He then hopes to find a retarder with which to dilute its present rather excessive potency. The retarder will, of course, have the reverse effect to the accelerator. Used alone, it should enable the patient to spread a few seconds over many hours of ordinary time, and so to maintain an apathetic inaction, a glacier-like absence of alacrity amidst the most animated or irritating surroundings. The two things together must necessarily work an entire revolution in civilized existence. It is the beginning of our escape from that time garment of which Carlyle speaks. While this accelerator will enable us to concentrate ourselves with tremendous impact upon any movement or occasion that demands our utmost sense and vigor, the retarder will enable us to pass in passive tranquility through infinite hardship and tedium. Perhaps I am a little optimistic about the retarder, which has indeed still to be discovered. But about the accelerator, there is no possible sort of doubt whatever. 
Its appearance upon the market in a convenient, controllable, and assimilable form is a matter of the next few months. It will be obtainable of all chemists and druggists in small green bottles at a high, but considering its extraordinary qualities, by no means excessive price. Giberny's Nervous Accelerator, it will be called, and he hopes to be able to supply it in three strengths, one in 200, one in 900, and one in 2,000, distinguished by yellow, pink, and white labels, respectively. Mm. No doubt its use renders a great number of very extraordinary things possible. For, of course, the most remarkable and possibly even criminal proceedings may be effected with impunity by thus dodging, as it were, into the interstices of time. Like all potent preparations, it will be liable to abuse. We have, however, discussed this aspect of the question very thoroughly, and we have decided that this is purely a matter of medical jurisprudence, and altogether outside our province. We shall manufacture and sell the accelerator, and as for the consequences, we shall see. Boom. <laughs> hey, did you like how uh, at the end he started talking about we, 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 we this? You know, we right. will sell like it. He's his partner now. Like yeah. He's going to get in on this stuff. Exactly. <laughs> Come on, dude. I was let there. Me, we tried it out for the first have time. A We're slice of that pie. Right? <laughs> Dang. You know what this uh, story reminds me of is um, a little bit of the movie Limitless with, um, uh, I'm trying to remember. I never saw name. it. But you I never did. I think I know what you're talking about. Wait, is it a is it a chick or a dude? Um, no, it's a dude. It's um, is it Bradley Cooper? Okay, you're thinking of the the movie with um, Scarlett Johansson. Yes, I am. And that's, I, that's the, exactly what I'm thinking of. Yeah, and I'm not. I don't quite recall the the name of that one. But, but that's more like a superhero thing, isn't it? Right. In the end of that one, spoiler alert for anyone who's, we haven't named the name of it, but it's, um, she basically <laughs> just becomes ethereal and she just like vanishes basically. And she becomes like a God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. okay. So what's this so, other movie you're talking about though? Limitless. So Limitless, um, essentially is a movie about with Bradley Cooper and he, um, he somehow gets his hand. He's like down on his luck. Um, he's like losing his relationship and he has no job and that sort of thing. And he gets his hands on this pill that basically unlocks a huge percentage of his brain's capacity. And then he's able to like write the best book he's ever, that's ever been okay. written and like, you know, a bunch of different stuff. Yeah. 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 Cause you know, yeah, I know they're, they're playing yeah. off that thing where like we only use like 10% of our brain right, or something right, like right, that. Right. right. Yeah. So was it a good movie? I liked it. Yeah, it got. Okay. Um, it, I think it did fairly well too. It was, it okay. was an enjoyable flick. Um, I might check it out. So, hey, hey, have you read any H.G. Wells before? No, well, I don't think that I've read any. I like I've seen, but you've seen like and Mars, um, War of the Worlds, War of right? the Worlds. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, War of the Worlds. Yeah, and uh, the, I think there's also the Invisible Man, right? Yeah, but I, I don't think I've seen any i have any not seen iteration it. of that vid, yeah that movie. i haven't seen that one either and i have, actually haven't read that one either although i do have the book i read recently um the time machine have you seen the time machine 
Yes, the one with um, Guy Pierce, I think. I think you're right. Yeah. That okay. You know how last time we were talking about how like your family had like this certain type of movie that they would watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> when I watched when I watched the Dime Machine, I thought, dude, this is a freaking Michael Berryhill movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know no, why. I th- I think we went and saw that at the theaters together, though. I think with like some friends. I remember. Wait a minute. Us wait a minute. Watching that. When you say us, who? Not me. Yeah, you. Okay, dude, then we're talking about a different iteration of this movie because I'm talking about an old movie. Oh. I'm talking about like 60. Okay, see, I don't, that that tells you how much I know about actors. I don't even know who Guy Pierce is. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. okay. No, there's, no this, there's a version of it, and I could probably look it up, but there's a version of it um, that came out in movie theaters when we were younger and before um, before the end of high school. You think I? You think we went and saw it in, in theaters, huh? And I've just I'm, completely forgotten. About I am it. pretty sure. I think if you Google "time machine," that is movie, hilarious. I think you would see it. That's really interesting. Uh, I, I would like to compare it with the because I recently watched. I recently read "The Time Machine" by H.G. Wells, and then I, you know, I was like, "Oh, I want to watch the movie afterwards." And um, I, I'll be honest, I don't even know if I saw like a newer version come up. I, I don't know. But anyway, I was look, I was specifically looking for the older one. Cause I, Oh, I see. I knew that gotcha. there was one, but true. true. Anyway, um, loved the book. Uh, the movie was kind of ridiculous actually. <laughs> gotcha. Well, no, he, cause he's a great writer, you know, he's, Oh, he is. He's a staple and he is the, um, in sci-fi, but I, I love the, he puts a lot of humor. Obviously we can, we see that clearly in this story, but there's like a lot of right. humor in his, um, in his sci-fi my very favorite hg wells story that i've read though is called um the first men in the moon and notice i said the first men in the moon Uh. yeah i'll just let you i'll just let that uh tease you a little bit okay (laughs) (laughs) okay okay it's a really good book if you want to read it it's not it's not that long Uh, you know all of his books are actually pretty short oh really yeah they're like novella length or something like i have two books of his that are like normal thickness but each one contains three books dang so i don't know hey i wanted to mention um so they mention the retarder toward the end right there's Mm -hmm. the accelerator and the retarder right so the retarder is supposed to uh snap you out of it right yeah either snap you out of it or um lessen the intensity of the, uh, yeah. He's, okay. Here's the line. He then hopes to find a retarder with which to dilute its present rather excessive potency, which I right. think he's, yeah, the retarder will of course have the reverse effect on the accelerator. Um, we just took our dog to the vet, um, mm-hmm. emergency style because he freaking ate those, um, <laughs> he uh, ate those pads below when you buy like a steak it or chicken, it comes on those pads. You know those white right. pads that like mm-hmm. suck up That's, the juice, the blood? Yes. <laughs> so he slurped oh, no. those things up. We got we bought these like super nice filet mignons. Okay. We were treating right. ourselves this day. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And we're we're out we're out cooking them on the um grill and like mm-hmm. he brings out just like a little the, the styrofoam and the right. pads are gone because he <sighs> slurped those things up. Oh no. So we were like, okay, I mean, I know like we can, 
you're supposed to be able to give a dog like hydrogen peroxide and it's supposed to make them throw up and right. you know we, we, were, we were considering it and then of course you read about it and it's like oh but it's you know could be dangerous so we're right. just like oh, whatever just bite the bullet take them to the vet they'll mm. they'll supervise a, a throw up session you know <laughs> right so um so anyway uh yeah like hundreds of dollars later he comes out oh and um yeah he comes out and um because by the way um covid19 like you can't even go in to a vet at, at right now like they, they come out to your car they take your dog and then you just really wait come back yeah and that's um we've been to a vet for a couple other things too like we found a lost dog and the same, same thing happens um oh wow they come out to you Anyway, he comes out and his left shoulder is like two or three times m- more massive than it usually usually is. He looked like a camel with a water hump, but like hanging what? off on his left soldier, shoulder. Yeah. And they, they said like, I know this looks weird, but what this is, is um, it's the... It's the retarder, essentially. <laughs> so they they give him some shot. It's not, well, I don't know. Maybe it is just um, per, hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> maybe we just wasted our money. But they give him a shot to throw up, and then it makes them all, like, feel nasty and delirious. And right. so potentially he'd throw up in the car. So they give him a retarder or whatever an opposite to undo those effects to undo the effects but they don't want to give it to him all at once so i guess they give it to him subcutaneously which like puts like a a pack of this stuff under his skin and it just slowly mm-hmm. seeps into his blood right um because like literally by the time we got home it had already gone down by like half and then like an hour later it was essentially completely gone but i had never right. seen that before it was weird whoa yeah <laughs> dang that's that's kind of freaky what the uh the eating the blood pads or the subcutaneous retarder <laughs> all of it it's horrifying i'm glad he's okay though oh yeah no he's fine uh, you know it 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 wasn't anything to really i mean to be totally honest we probably didn't have to take him in like it probably just would have passed through him in fact they even said that when we got there they were like uh those are actually pretty small. Like they probably wouldn't, but you know what? He's an old dog and we just wanted to be careful. So yeah, just play it safe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think you did the right thing. Anyway, Bonham, come on. Bubba dog. Yep. (laughs) All right, man. Well, this was a good one. I think you, uh, I think you picked a good one, man. Yeah, that was, it was a lot of fun. It was, um, the story was fun and entertaining. Reminded me of, some other stuff that we see like in pop culture with um, like the limitless movie and stuff. So yeah. And it was, and, and it was kind of nice and quick. It was like perfect uh, episode length, you know? Yeah. All right. Cool, man. Uh, let's wrap it up. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. I'm going to hit uh, stop. Okay. That triggered my Alexa for some reason. <laughs>